Everybody, and welcome to episode two of our pack special of Weekend at Dave's. I am your host, David Silbert. Thanks for being here once again. Day two of packs was packed. Wow, that's a nice little, not even a play on words, but uh, it was packed. We have a lot to talk about once again. This is a one and done. Very little on the, in terms of editing, just trying to go through this, get you guys the content quick as possible. Let's jump right in. Day two of PAX, we started off going towards the indie part of the show floor because that was an area that we definitely wanted to dig into. In fact, my biggest thought about PAX so far, halfway through the weekend, is that definitely there's a stronger indie presence than I've found at PAX probably till to date, and I've been going till since 2010. Tons of indies. Definitely less on the AAA side of things. Not not as many high-profile games, but I think it's more than made up for by the amount of quality indies. And you're about to see this with a list of 10 really high-quality indies that we played. I didn't play a bad game at the show. Uh, I, in fact, I played nine games here, but there's a 10th that I walked by that I'd been meaning to talk about that I've played uh, before at a different convention that I've been lo- meaning to talk to you guys about. So 10 games for our all intents and purposes 10 excellent games, high-quality games that deserve your time and your money. We'll dive into each one and give a little more detail about it. So we started off at Devolver Digital's booth, mainly, in fact, because I wanted to play that Pablo game where you play as the banana. So we went to Devolver's booth, and the line for a lot of their games were a little lengthy. But in, in fact, even though we had gone with the purpose of playing the crazy banana game we all me and my friends everybody who went were attracted to this one game played on this big screen at the booth and that was heave ho recently announced just announced at pax new game being published by devolver digital developed by a a french studio called le cartel and it is a crazy game Uh, the only way i can really compare it to anything is 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 snipper clips so for those who played Snipper Clips on the Switch, Snipper Clips was a bit of a it was a collaborative game where you and a partner snip each other in order to solve cer- certain puzzles, which might involve dragging a ball from one side of the screen to the other, uh, creating a foothold for your partner, all kinds of different things that you could do by snipping each other's uh, bodies, which is like a paper substance, but you could also clip them. So it was a, that was a very you know, back when Snipper Clips came out, it was it was a, it was an interesting game that melded com- uh, collaborativeness with also a little bit of competition because they had some cool competitive um, competitive modes. So Heave Ho is a similar kind of concept where you are trying to collaborate with up to four uh, up to up to four players collaborate with each other to try to reach an end goal. The first couple levels that we played of Heave Ho seemed easy enough to do on your own basically you control you create your character you can dress them up mine add an afro and uh, shades and all that when you're in the game you 
basically can move two arms. It's attached to a head. You move two arms, and then you can grab onto things with uh, presses of the triggers. So you can grab on to uh, with your left hand with the left trigger, grab on with the right hand with the right trigger. And so there you can kind of swing yourself from object to object within the level. So you can you can hang on to any part of the level where it's just a wall or a ceiling or some part of a shape you can hang on and and using momentum and like the physics engine on in, in play with this game, you can swing yourself onto a different obstacle and then hook your your other hand onto that and that's how you make your way towards the end goal it got more and more complex as we got going to the point where there was a very tricky level that i don't think we were able to complete where all four of us needed to link arms to each other grab this coin and fling ourselves around like a hook to get into the end goal which and and, and the end goal was quite a bit away from where we started so it was almost like this leap of faith thing where one person all of us had to move in tandem to build momentum and then the person at the very end needed to know to hook on to the hook then the person at the front needed to let go so we could swing again and we had to get back on it was it was bonkers it was just it seems complicated but it is kind of simplistic in a, in a very good way it's it's easy easy to pick up easy to learn and it was a ton of fun I can't wait for this game to come out. I believe it's coming out later this year. Um, yeah, it, it just looks like pleasant surprise coming out of PAX. Can't wait to play more of it. That was one of my two favorite games from, from today by far. Heave Ho looks awesome. Next game we played was a game called Pascal's Wager, which is based on this psychology term, uh, this, this phenomenon. But it was... It's kind of weird. It was tucked in near near the edge of the show floor. Looked really visually stunning. That's why we noticed it. And the first thing off the bat was that we, we thought it looked a lot like Bloodborne, both visually and in terms of the combat. Definitely a Soulsborne kind of combat. So we wanted, definitely got in line, wanted to play it. It's from a developer, self-published developer called Annunciation. Anu- I don't know. It's a Chinese developer. Um... And we, we got in, we started playing, and first thing, definitely you can the, the Souls comparisons are valid. Definitely has this, this Souls fear, feel to it. Felt pretty good to play. Um, a little, little, little rough around the edges, but honestly, very good looking game. Some interesting enemies. You could play, the, the interesting thing most about this game was that you could play as a man or a woman. And the man is more of your traditional knight from from dark souls playing with you have you have a sword and you can block and you can dodge and all that the woman on the other hand has a gun and you fire bullets so again kind of like bloodborne but your whole main weapon is is bullets and i don't think you run out of bullets unlike bloodborne and you can definitely charge up some very powerful long-range attacks by way of that gun and then the the level ended with a difficult boss fight you've heard this before the, the real interesting thing about this, and I see this as, as a positive rather than a detriment, was that uh, at certain points in the game, uh, it became clear that this was actually, we were playing on, on what seemed like a PC using a controller or a console, but it really is, it's running, and, and the game is being designed for mobile, so you, we immediately saw the mobile interface. We were playing with a controller, but it's, it is a phone game, actually, folks, so it looks gorgeous. 
Um, it plays pretty well, and and once I realized that this was essentially we were playing through a mobile game, I didn't even realize it until I saw. Um, so that that gives you a little hint as to the quality of what we can expect. It's a little hazy. I'm I'm I'm. It's a little difficult finding details about this game. So I believe it's coming out this year. I'm not positive about that, but as I learn more, we'll definitely update update you all. Third game we played today was. Uh, at Vlambeer's booth, which is led by Rami Ismail, the famed developer. And this was his Ultra Bugs game, which is part of his collection of games coming out uh, starting later this year, starting with Ultra Bugs. Interesting game, uh, Shoot 'em Up, um, where you're circling, your ship is circling a basically square arena and you're shooting at bugs. And it's bonkers. Like, I, I couldn't even really explain what the gameplay even is it's just crazy the the basically you can you can glide your ship over enemies but as soon as you're hit by a bullet you're done so you can glide over enemies you can shoot uh your ship automatically repositions after you let go of shooting and it's kind of got a weird feel where you're always shooting into the center of the screen but it feels pretty good to play and there are certain bugs that'll explode when you shoot at them and there are certain high-powered bugs that take a lot more damage like almost like bot mini bossy kind of uh enemies yeah, I mean, I don't have like a ton to say about this game. It was, it it controlled tight. You know, we we know what to expect from a Rami Ismail game. If you've played Nuclear Throne or any any other you know any other game that he's had a part of, had a hand in, then you know what to expect with this game. And I'm sure it'll have his audience. And and it's definitely one to keep a lookout, uh, keep an eye out for, uh, you know, as it gets closer to launch. Uh, the dev did say we're definitely gonna this this is currently a little too hard. People are having a hard time playing through it, so they're going to turn down, tone down the difficulty a little bit. Looks level-based to me based on what I saw in the menu. So, uh, yeah, it looks interesting. Number four, a uh, game that we played today, and this is another one that I'm really, really excited to talk about. It is called Panzer Paladin, and it is being developed and published by Tribute Games, who you might know for Mercenary Kings. I never played the never played Mercenary Kings myself, but I think I had it from through PS Plus or a flash sale or something. I played this game just saw it on the show floor. It looked visually a lot like Shovel Knight and also mechanically because you're well. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself, but basically you play as what seems like almost like a mech. You play almost like as a mech, and you have this giant weapon, like you're holding a giant sword to begin with, and you can basically. In the spirit of Shovel Knight, you can, or, or DuckTales, you can attack down with your sword to damage enemies, almost like a pogo stick. But you can also attack up and use that to lift yourself. So it's, it's a platforming game in the, in the style of Shovel Knight, but it has a little bit added of added mobility thanks to the fact that you can strike up and that'll actually lift you higher. So it's used during platforming segments, which is actually really ingenious. I think it's a nice touch. I haven't seen that elsewhere. So there's a little bit of Shovel Knight influence, a little bit of its own added mobility, which I think was really clever. There's also It also has its own really brilliant mechanic where as you defeat enemies in this 2D scrolling uh, kind of beat-em-up, you gain their weapon, and then basically weapons have durability, and you can swap through weapons on the fly. So you have to be kind of strategic about how you use weapons. At the same time, you can break weapons by holding the trigger, and that'll unleash a special attack, whether that be lightning or like healing or powering yourself up for a limited amount of time. Those are all powers that you can do by snapping a weapon, but of course, if you snap a weapon, you lose it. So 
that plays a role in, in kind of item management. It's also very clever. You use a weapon at a checkpoint. So in order to activate a checkpoint, you have to use a weapon. So you could either choose to bl blast by the checkpoint in order to conserve your weapon, or if you want to play it safe, you can use your checkpoint, but you're at the cost of a weapon. So it's almost like that risk-reward thing of, of, again, something like Shovel Knight where you could destroy the checkpoint. I really love games that play with that, and, and again, Panzer Paladin really does that. Now, I'm... One thing that I haven't mentioned yet, which is I think the even the bigger crux of this game, is that, you, again, you're playing in a bit of a mecha, so obviously you have to have a pilot. And so when you have two health bars, you have a longer health bar and a shorter one, a much smaller one. When the larger one depletes to zero, your mech explodes and out pops the, the actual protagonist, which is a, a, a female protagonist, which is great. And she basically plays more like a Castlevania-esque character where you have a whip with unlimited ammo and, you know, no no durability. And basically, you're extremely vulnerable. A little couple hits and you're dead. And so you're at that point, your goal is to basically survive to get to a, another, a respawn station where you can respawn your mech, which is, is like, I don't know. It just, it just adds, it almost feels like, I hate to say that this game is taking a lot of influences from other games, but it almost has that Blaster Master Zero feel um, where you're kind of going between... Uh, two different play styles uh like a larger vehicle and then a more personal character yeah it's it's it was super interesting there's a, like a lot of little things that were it was like a five minute demo but it was, there was a lot of little details in there that i found super interesting I, I saw influences from castlevania you could also do a a, a like the the classic uh, symphony of the night backstep I mean, this is definitely one that I think I want to write a longer, like a bit long. I mean, you, I don't want to give away, throw my, you know, give my hand away. But when we're writing up a formal PAX East piece, this will definitely make the cut. I had a ton of fun with it. Influences from Shovel Knight, influences from Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Just from like some of the greatest 2D side scrollers ever. And that's not a bad thing by any means. And in fact, this game is showing a lot of its... Um, own colors and, and its own ideas and it looks great it sounds great it plays great i this is one to watch it just got announced i i, I would say that this was probably tied with heho if heho was my favorite collaborative game that we played today then panzer paladin was by far my favorite single player game like this is going to be one to watch out for for sure next game that we played was the sinking city this is developed by Frogwares, published by Big Ben Interactive. This is a weird one. We walked by this, and honestly, the first thing that struck me was this game looks gorgeous. There, we were watching some gameplay, some trailers of, of, of uh, well, both, both there was two TVs. One was showing an E3 trailer of the game, and another one was a live, you know, or people were playing a demo running on a PS4. Um, unfortunately, only one station. It was kind of tucked at the back of the uh, show floor. But, you know, it sat, it was kind of, uh, it, it's a shame because the game looked really cool. And so we waited around and we got our, our chance to, to get our hands on it. But yeah, so we, we, we approached when we saw this beautiful looking gameplay segment of this detective, this, this detective in, in this very like um, noirish trench coat running the motor of a boat and steering this motorboat through like a swamp. Gorgeous lighting, gorgeous character models. That caught my eye right away. 
we started playing, it's basically, it's an open world detective game set in Massachusetts. No, this is not, <laughs> this is not a murdered soul suspect. Thank God, honestly. And it's not D4. Dark Dreams Die or Dark Dreams Don't Die or whatever it was. No, I mean, I, I, despite the fact that seemingly developers love Massachusetts as a setting for mystery games, this is its own thing. And uh, it was tough to get a sense of, like, how the whole game is going to, like, what... Uh, there, there's plenty of information online on which to base this, but um, based on what we played at the game of the game at, on the show floor open world not a lot in the, in the sense of there's a lot of side missions to do or side objectives but mainly just everything is seamless there's a there's a world that you travel through um almost like an la noir right it's more of a deliberate world through which you can it's a narrative focused game that is observed within a the confines of an open world game so a linear experience but still a little bit more freedom i guess at least thematically and it's interesting. It's a game that has some light shooting mechanics as well. You have a gun. But it's mainly about picking up clues, following trails, talking with witnesses and other people on the scene and trying to figure out, piece together what happened. Now, the real kind of interesting part about this game is that it's very, it's very Lovecraftian. So you'll see very, I don't know, various creatures people that are animals or misfigured malformed it's just a, it's an interesting look it's an interesting feel it's channeling a certain mood um there's not much i can say besides that the game handled fine you know played relatively well i mean it's it's tough to to gauge off of again a relatively short time playing with it but i'm a, i'm a sucker for these detective games one of my favorite games of all time is hotel dusk which is a it's a visual novel, but it's basically you're playing as a private eye or a detective. Uh, I always am a soccer for these kind of games. And being somebody that's from Massachusetts, I always got to support these types of games, you know? It's a match made in heaven unless, again, you're murdered soul suspect, in which case, kill it with fire. Next game we played was right across from uh, The Sinking City, in fact. And it was a crazy-looking game. We had to see it for ourselves. It is called Lemniscate. Developed by Rat Loop Games Canada. This is another bonkers game. Uh, PC game. Basically, you play... It's either a two-player game or a four-player game, depending on the context. If you're playing split-screen or couch co-op... Uh, sorry, couch game, like couch multiplayer, it's two players. If you're playing online, it's four players, 2v2. It is a competitive shooter. Here is the twist. Here is the hook. When you're playing, as we did at, on the show floor, couch mode, it is 1v1, but it's not split screen. It, you are handing off the controller between the two players, and basically you are, you are in a 24, 25 second like, time loop. So the level plays out over a 25 second span, and basically each, it's almost, it's turn-based in a sense, where each player basically starts by picking a different class that they have at their disposal, whether it be more of like a heavy character with a, a rocket launcher or an assault uh, class with an assault rifle or one with a bioweapon or, or one with a sniper. You pick it, you select the character, 
you run across the map and you're doing some sort of objective. We were playing a capture capture mechanic, like a capture the flag where you shoot an objective to capture. So we would select a class character, run over to an objective, shoot at the objective to capture it. Now, your opponent responds by selecting their own character and now when they're going through that that time loop they now see your the opponent's character shooting at that objective so now they can kill the opponent's character and also recapture the objective so this plays out for several rounds of selecting a character and adding it to the fray now where this gets interesting is everything when you're re-experiencing that loop it keeps layering itself it keeps building on each on itself so every time you're running through the level Bullets will be flying from all sides. People are, you know, other characters are killing each other. You can then, you know, try to counter what your opponent just did in order to one-up them in terms of the final score. So it's it's very interesting. Again, we didn't play quite enough to get a sense of how well it locks in. But conceptually, it's just a crazy idea. I think the plan from the developers was PC, um, major major platforms after that, um, or, or simultaneously, but, I mean, PC's the lead platform. Uh, I think there's a closed beta happening soon. So, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting game. I'll link the trailer or gameplay footage in the article. Definitely check it out. See if it's your your thing. Because we definitely came away at least impressed at the possibilities of this. As, especially as, like a, as a couch game, you know. Um, for those playing 2v2 on, online, it happens more real time. I wasn't quite sure on the details of that, but that's... Based on the time talking with the developer, it's a bit different depending on how, how which mode in which you play. So if you play couch, it's a little different than online. Also, in terms of the modes being offered, there's capture the flag, there's a domination, there's a search and destroy, and there's a regular deathmatch. So they're they're still tweaking all those modes right now. But based on the capture mode that we played, it seemed pretty fun. So now uh, we're nearing the end of the list here. There are two games I want to talk about, one that I played at the show, one that I did not, but both of which I played at a previous convention, which was Boston Fig, which was held at MIT earlier uh, back in 2018. I had meant to write up an article about the games I played at MIT, but time just kind of got hectic at the time, and, and, and unfortunately I was not able to do so, but I was very thankful that several games that I played back then showed up at the show, and I'd like to plug two of them right now. The first is a game called Super Chrome Bullet Purgatory. It's developed and published by Stumphead Games, LLC. It's basically, it's a one-man army, one guy. Um, same person that was at MIT plugging the game was plugging it at PAX. Really nice guy. The game's been in development for about a year and a half. It's a shoot 'em up Really cool art style. A little more on, like, on the simplistic side, but like very, some, some sharp visuals, some sharp enemy designs. Just a cool game snappy really responsive the gameplay was solid um it's fun to charge up you, you can charge up shots you have different weapons you can use and i, I get it that people have seen shoot 'em ups there are plenty of shoot 'em ups on the market but i don't know this one stood out to me it was fun right now he's been developing this endless mode to enjoy and he was telling me he has all these plans on how to iterate on the game right now it's in early access on steam for two dollars but there are plans to do so much more with this, have more uh, actual like uh, story content for the game, having NPCs to talk to, I believe level-based stuff. I mean, very ambitious project. But what's there right now, in like in and of itself, is already really fun 
game to experience for two dollars you can't go wrong um yeah i just wanted to plug that support our our local developers i think he's, i think he's from the boston area as well absolutely give you know give it a go if it's not your cup of tea it's not your cup of tea but two dollars you know so that's our first second game that i passed by this is the one i didn't play um today but i played in the past is boyfriend dungeon level up your love from kit fox games both developed and published this one probably doesn't need um and much of an introduction for me I'm, I'm sure it's made the rounds online this is kind of a crazy game where it's a visual novel slash dating sim during the day almost like persona-esque where you go places with people and you, you chat on your phone but at night they turn into your weapon for like a dungeon crawler. So actually, I guess both sides of the, the coin, both sides of the equation scream Persona, which is great. I mean, there's whenever your game is being compared to Persona, you're doing something right. And I remember from my time playing playing the game months ago, I don't know, the dialogue was sharp. The the gameplay inside dungeons was fun. You know, it's, it's, your, it's what you expect. It's almost like a Bastion-esque uh, third-person beat em up brawler in terms of like a dungeon crawler but snappy sharp controls looks great definitely has a little bit of that persona like early persona vibes like persona one and two where like it's like an abandoned mall like a place you were earlier in the day has become a dungeon i'm a sucker for that stuff i mean i just said i'm a sucker for detective games while well, i'm also a sucker for persona like persona 3 is one of my favorite games ever um, yeah, this is right up my alley and it's, it's fun that they're, they're not taking themselves too, too serious is, you know, the game is boyfriend dungeon. I believe that you can also interact with, uh, like, uh, female romances as well, but I, I know that the lead is definitely males and a lot of, there's like some sexy box, uh, sexy cover art, sexy promo art of, you know, men with roses and, and men with swords or like, you know, jacked men uh, on their, on, you know, the front of the game. I don't know. I mean, I don't have I don't have too much to say about it other than that it's a really unique concept for basically your your social links, for lack of a better term, just to compare it to something in Persona, then impact how you do in the dungeon. I guess you know instead of personas, it's literally weapons, but it's a clever thing, and they have a dope. Uh, they outsourced some animations to you know some 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 third party studio that did a dope job with these trans like these like magical girl transformations except they're with guys like it's just it's just a crazy game like really some unique ideas on display i think it's coming later this year man i mean the games here at pax like so many good indie games i don't think i played a single um triple a game like under the traditional sense today and i'm perfectly fine with that there's just so much interesting content here rounding out the list uh we went to a section of the indie part of the show which is called pax rising which is stuff that's made only by like less fewer than five people like teams of less than five people so really you should be for these final games it's also kind of incredible that these are really one or two man or three man armies making these single games uh it's really crazy the first of the two that we played was a four-player game Called Moen and Tone, Moen, sorry, Moen and Throwin from Pixel House, uh, House Pixel Games, and it is a two v two competitive game where you mow your lawn. You're trying to mow your lawn faster than the other team. So basically, one person on your team can get into a lawn mower and start mowing the grass, and the other one can start plucking up the grass with their hands. But crates, uh, crates are also flying in, almost like Fortnite esque 
from the sky. They're dropping things that you can fling to your opponents, or you can fling seeds of grass comically into your opponent's yard to, to grow grass that they're going to then have to pick or cut off. You can throw rocks to, to st- momentarily stun your opponents. Uh, mushrooms that'll mess up their movements. It's clever. You know, it's it's fun. It's it's. I guess it's nothing crazy that we haven't seen before. It's not, like, terribly unique, but... I don't know, it's fun. It's humorous. It's fun. something fun that you could do with your kids or your family. Just have a fun game night. Introduce it to the rotation. We had some fun with that, so we played a few rounds with that. The final game, uh, this is one, the final one that I played. Um, it's funny, at the at PAX Rising, you can use your, your badge to vote on the, your favorite game from that group of games, and I, I didn't realize at the time I had tapped something, and, and, and the thing flashed up, and I was like, uh-oh, what is this? I accidentally tapped a game, clicked vote just because it looked interesting, didn't realize I was voting for a game. The game I happened to vote for was this game, Ruby the Wayward Mirror, developed by Curist, I believe. And so I saw the art, I thought it looked cool, and then I, once I realized, oh, I'd voted for it, I was like, oh, well, oh, I hope, you know, hopefully it's good. Who knows? I went over, though, and, and decided, you know what, I should play for myself. See what's up. It is a Metroidvania game. Reminded me visually of something like Iconoclast. Very fluid animation. I, I, I found myself very drawn to the animation. In a short span, the, the demo introduced players to several abilities faster than they would in the base game. So you get a double jump. You get a phase through walls. You get a short ranged attack. You can upgrade abilities to your skill tree introduce like a melee attack increase your health um throughout the first level that i was playing max health upgrades were plentiful you could increase your max health you have like a mana bar as well i mean it's you know it's metroidvania um i didn't see too much about the story so i don't really know what might set it apart a ton in terms of mood or atmosphere but all i know is it was fun to play tight mechanics uh Again, beautiful animations. Love the the main character model. Again, uh, another woman that you play as. I love this theme in games of playing as female characters. That's awesome. Power to the developers. And I'm always a sucker. Uh, now that I'm saying it, I'm like, oh, I'm a sucker for Metroidvanias. Well, like, it sounds like I'm a sucker for every kind of game. I just, oh, man, I don't want to say anything bad about anybody's game. Honestly, it takes a lot of uh, courage to put your game on display at PAX. And I know that the, pre- the, t- the typical press cycle is... News, preview, review, but I like to see the good in in plugging games in the industry, especially when we have some fun. Like, you know, I'm not going to plug a game that I, I find was lacking in some sense. If something was remote, it was it offered some value or entertainment value to consumers, I think it's worth explaining because there are different tastes, there are different people, people like different things. And that's fine. So, you know, not everybody needs to like the latest and greatest AAA game. Some people, they might just want to mow their lawns or, I don't know, they, they might want to do a, you know, be a detective in, in a Lovecraftian world or they might want to play, have a Bloodborne-esque experience on their phone. Or not everything has to be the Days Gone or the Last of Us 2s or the Witcher 3s of the world. There's plenty of room for everybody to thrive. And I think that's, again... One of my favorite things about PAX is getting to see all these games and support developers and see what they're working on. But yeah, so that is a wrap on day two. This was more rambling than day one, I think. Day one was less of a, eh, you know what, more games, more from the heart. It's all good. Um, yeah, enjoy the fade-out music. I will be back with day three. Coming soon. Thanks. Thanks.